Okay, so the question asked is, what's the Alpitaira? What's the right way to look at uh, political upheavals, changes of parties, uh, how people come to power in a democracy and how people lose power in a democracy? What's the, what's the correct term of such a thing? And I'm going to extend the question not just to be, uh, were we passive uh, observers of what's happening, but how much, what's the point of our active participation in the electoral process or in the, demo, in the democratic system? So I want to start with two stories. You might think are not really directly negated to the point, but I think they are. Two different stories, and they bring out two different points, but they're both important. The first story was the story of Chavetz Chaim. They had elections in Poland also. And Agudas Yisrael, which was the Frum Torah Observant Party of Poland, existed there too. And it also ran for the Polish Sen, which was the Polish uh, parliament. And it was directed by the Gedolim of the time. The Chafetz Chaim, and Chaim Oiza, and others. The, the Gera Rebbe. And there also, the Chafetz Chaim was very active, the Jewish vote. For our goddess Israel, at the time. And he spoke about it, and he wrote about it, and he went to rallies for them. He was very a very strong proponent in the fact that... Uh, Yidin should vote for Agudas Israel. Kiyadur, the representative to the Polish parliament that Agudas Israel put forward was Rav Shapira. Four years of his life he spent as a member of the Polish parliament representing Agudas Israel. Before his Rosh Hashiva. Now the story is, the, the Chavetz Chaim grandson tells the story, that like every election, they have the, the polls are open during the day, come six, seven, eight o'clock at night, wherever it is, the polls close, and then straight away everyone starts counting votes. And of course, everyone's waiting up to hear election by electoral block by electoral block or constituency by constituency, how many, uh, who won each place, how many votes each one got. And it was no different back then. Except they didn't, they didn't have, obviously, online, that they had the radio. So they used to announce at whatever time it was, whatever, whatever uh, district was being fought, when all the votes were counted, who won? And so then people used to stay up to listen. Like, you know, offices, you're very interested who, who, in each, in each, election fight which candidate won so the story goes the Chavetz Chaim's grandson told over the story that he was sitting up to here and the Chavetz Chaim was in his room busy learning uh, so he listened to here and he heard that whatever the thing was the good Israel won that seat so he runs to the other room and says daddy daddy do you want to hear the election result so Chavetz Chaim says no I'm learning right so he doesn't disturb him. So next up, dental chakras. So next month, the chakras. So he comes to him again and he said, no, Zayd, do you want to hear the election result? So listen to the answer. Chomis Chaim says, No, I don't really mind. He says, I understand. He said, You weren't anti the election. You were for this. You were promoting it. You were convincing people to, to come out and vote. And, and you, you, know, you put a lot of effort and time into this. What do you mean you don't really care who won? So Chomis Chaim says, I'll explain something to you. He said, why I convince people to vote is because I held with hishtadlis that people have to do. When people went, when they, I did my hishtadlis. What happens after that makes absolutely no difference because leiv me And therefore, what's the results going to be and how people are, and who's going to be elected and what decisions they're going to make? That's leiv me Hashem. What I felt I had to do was in order that there's a hishtadlis that to 
convinced from Yidin to go up and vote, it makes a difference. So I don't mind, it's more than I don't mind. But that's her story. Yes, we're going to talk about that. Now, the, the second story, and this one I heard firsthand, was about so 12 years now, maybe 14 years now in Yishalayim, when there's also an election, election for the, the municipality of Yishalayim, you're at Yishalayim. And at the time, there was a from candidate, and uh, against a non-from candidate. Um, and, of course, the Gdorim at the time, the Jabari and Yishalayim, and he was the, 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 the head of the Eglatera, he convinced everybody, you've got to go out and vote for the from candidate at the time and what happened was he lost the non from candidate his name was Nir Barakat became the mayor of Yishalayim so they went to Raleigh tragedy it was a hard it was like a fight the whole way through the campaign and now we lost what's going to happen to Yishalayim so Raleigh said we didn't lose we did what we had to do what's going to be exactly the same answer which means and what happened was just in hindsight that uh, Mr. Barakat couldn't make a coalition area without the front parties. So even though they were sworn enemies a few weeks before during the campaign, Lemaise, he had to use them to make him to, to become the mayor, and he got everything else for anyway. So we didn't lose that. We, things didn't change that dramatically in Yerushalayim, whether from mayor or not from mayor, because everything carried on the same way. The insights from both of these stories. The insight of both these stories is that, as opposed to most people, they think we're running the show and we can decide what we want to do, and we have Bechira. When it comes to some, a person's Bechira, which is going to affect Klal Yisrael, so then Hashem takes away the Bechira. It's Leib Melachim Biyad Hashem. They might have Bechira in their personal life. They might have Bechira in the choices they make for themselves. But when it becomes Hanhag of how Kodesh Baruch is going to look up, look, deal with the Yidin in that country or under that person's authority, Hashem is running that. Not the person. Not the person. That's not much what it means. And it's really the whole Pasuk. Leib Melachim Biyad Hashem. What Hashem wants a person to do, that's what He's going to push him. It might be because He'll make him make decisions like that. It might be because He has no other choice. He's going to push him into a place where He doesn't have any other options. Whatever it's going to be. But the principle is that the Hanhaga of Klai Yisrael, or even a big Chalik of Klai Yisrael, is something which is too important to let anybody's Bechir mess up. And you have some Russia who wants to do what he wants to do, so he's going to ruin, ruin too, much, too much in the world. And therefore, when it becomes Hanhog of a leader, when it becomes Hanhog of a leader, HaKadosh Baruch takes over the reins. Either by not giving the person choices, or by pushing him to do certain things which you might not, may or may not want to do, or by influencing the way he thinks. For whatever reason... Uh, no, I'm not talking about inflation. I'm talking about leaders' decisions. The decisions leaders make. That's, that's what we call Leib Melachim Yad Hashem. Now, now we have to understand on that background then if that's the case then we have to understand that why would Hashem want it to be a leader who's going to work against Yiddishkeit right the Chayra the Pashtun says that if, it, if, it, if we're saying that the choice of leader and what the leader's decisions is are up to Hashem so if that's the case then it should always be pro-Torah and pro-Yiddishkeit why would Hashem choose a leader or why would Hashem work with the leader to do to make decisions which are anti-Yiddishkeit and the answer is Pashtun we can go to much bigger much, we have a much bigger Shaila not about uh, governments who, like, who legislated against Kashrus or Torah or anything else. What about governments who were out to kill Jews? What about the Nazis in Akshamon? What about uh, Haman in his day? What about uh, the Greeks? What about Paroi? There also live Melachim Besari. There also be Adashem. And the answer is 
So we, I'm not going to answer first the question of the leaders who wanted to destroy Klai Yisrael. I first want to answer the question of leaders who wanted to destroy Yiddishkeit. Why would they be allowed to do that? The answer is Pashat. The answer is Pashat and it says Mufurish. And that is, what Hashem allows the leader to do is a reflection of what Klai Yisrael are doing. Which means, if we not keep, if we not taking Halacha seriously, so then Hashem will take away the ease with which we can do it. And if that's the case, if it was a, a matter where Klai Yisrael collectively aren't, uh, aren't being mechabed or aren't dealing with in certain midst of the way we should, so now it's going to become more difficult for you to do it. Which means, when you didn't do it when it was easy for you, you'll have to do it with serious nefesh. It'll become more difficult. And therefore that's part of the plan. That's part of the plan. Part of the plan is that I'm going to make it more difficult for you to do something and that's why you're going to have to work to do it. If you didn't do it when it was easy, do it when it's hard. You're going to work with difficulty. And therefore, uh, the, 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 the reason why sometimes, uh, whatever, whatever, whatever setting it is, Hashem is going to allow the leaders of the place or of the time to do things which are injurious to Torah is to force us to work harder to appreciate it or to work harder to get it. We need that schus. Because when we had it and we don't do it, then we have a very big demerit against us. And therefore, to balance that, what we need is, we need to have to do it when it's harder for us. They say about, uh, they say about one of the rabbis, I don't remember which one, maybe the sons of rabbi who was in one of the camps. And uh, he said at the time, he said that until now, I always thought, that no, when we were in our shtetl in Poland, we were serving Hashem, we were being over the Hashem, we take everything good. And now, if I see what this is, what Hashem put us through, so obviously, what we were doing before wasn't called serving Hashem, we take what's good, so we haven't had to serve Hashem now, we take what's hard. But that's the, now what's the Oymek? What's the Oymek? And that is, when things are easy, and when things are easy, there's a higher expectation. Because it's not hard. So you more is expected of you. And if we're not living up to the expectation Hashem has of us when things are easy, so what's so then there's a tiny against us. It's so easy, why aren't you doing it? And if that's the case, to balance that, some one of Hashem's options is make it more difficult. Because what's not considered good enough when things are easy is considered good when things are hard. And therefore, if a person like I said, Merov Kol, if a person isn't serving Hashem when he has everything easy, and lots of everything. And there's no difficulty. Because then there's a time against him. If, if it's such a matter, you should be doing much more. And if one of the eights is so if it make, becomes more difficult for the person, then what they were doing before wasn't enough, but in this matter it is. Because right now it's harder, and therefore right now it's more difficult. That's what we're not meant to do. The way we meant to rise to the challenge is that we're not going to give up. Uh, I remember when the, the first time... So that's, that's the wrong reaction. The reaction is meant to be that whatever we're doing, we're going to, stick, we're going to stay strong in. I remember they were discussing a few years ago, when the previous government decided to announce that they're going to slash the yeshiva funding by 50%. So every yeshiva thinks, so how am I going to... Uh, 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 like, this is hard to run the budget. I take 50% of the funding, what are you going to do? So I remember I was... Uh, very close to Yaakov Hillel. He, has, he also has a yeshiva. He also gets affected by these things. So I was there when some uh, reporter came to ask him, so, Kvod Arav, 
Are you going to use lot of What are you going to do? You going to close half of your shiva? What are you going to do? So what do you say? He said, we're going to do exactly the same thing we're doing until now. If it's the right thing to run your shiva, it's the right thing to run your shiva. And if, we, if it's going to be without the government funding it, so we'll do it without the government funding it. We're not meant to change. We're meant to do what's right. It'll be more difficult. Okay, so it'll be more difficult. What's the difference? Which is the right way to deal with it. If Hashem makes it more difficult, then we're not meant to then give up and do less. That's counterproductive. On the contrary, if Hashem makes it more difficult, it means that we need to show that it's serious enough that we're going to keep on doing it, even if it's harder. Even if it's harder. So we're not going to change. And now, this is the second part. If that works, then we've achieved what the difficulty was meant to achieve for us. The point of making it more difficult was to show that it would be more serious. And if we take it more, that we, the myths are important enough to us that even when it's hard, we're going to do it. If that's the case, then, then, then that we don't need those areas anymore. We've been miscarbered. We've been miscarbered in a place where we don't need it. So go back to the way it was before. If, we does, if it works backwards, and that is now because harder, we do less, so, now that, 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 so what did we gain? We didn't gain anything. If that's okay, so she's going to have to go to the next stage of trying to get us to do better. Now, that's been the cover, the Briachatichon of Das Ter and Eretz Yisrael the whole way through. And you see every time it goes the same route. And that is that the difficulty is you're running a system of trying to maintain your own material. Now, from the Mitzad, the people are running the system. Mitzad, the Gedalia, the Roshi, whatever it is. Of course, they see the value of Torah learning. Of course, you're trying to make a world where people can learn. That's the biggest chus we have. Mitzad Hashaini, there's also always the elements of within society, which is uh, not such a big deal. Which, no, we don't have, not everyone has to learn. We don't have to learn so seriously. We can take it easy. And now, that makes the kid rug, because when it's easy to learn, learn it, you're being paid to learn. And you have everything you need, so why not? Why aren't you learning? So it makes it certain kid in Israel. If you if you not if you if you if you have everything they learned for you and you're not learning, so why not? It makes a kitruk. So what's the so what does Hashem do? It comes up again and again, every five or six years the same thing again. So no, so what's gonna happen is Hashem is going to make the Malachim Basarium at the time say, so, No, we're gonna stop funding the Torah, we're gonna make it we don't want people learning, they can all go to work, they can all go to the army, we'll close down the yeshivas, whatever whatever Nusrah is going to come in. And now what's always the result of that? We're gonna stand strong. We're not giving up anybody. And that's exactly what the point is meant to be, because then if we're going to mechazek the koyach so we made it. Then it's going. Then that that has the effect of making it important again, of making it something which is a koyach. There isn't, and that's always been in the kudah. Whenever it's been a shadow of, so let's compromise. Let's agree to halfway. Let's just, no, that's exactly the point. We don't need to compromise. Exactly the opposite. It's, uh, we understand that this is the Nisayin. And the point of the Nisayin is... Well, there's always compromise when you join the coalition what they do. The compromise is never on what we call the Yisraelis of Kalei We've never compromised Torah learning. We've never compromised Kashrus. And we've never compromised Torah Shabbos. Mitzar, us, us. Mitzar, what we have to do, we'll never compromise the Torah. Okay. Again, that's a different question. How much do you have to do for the Akiva Torah? For ourselves? For, for ourselves, we don't. No, so we have, that's I said. What's our Christ for them is a, is a question that's a big question. We can talk about that in a different discussion. Like what's our Christ for other Jews not keeping the Torah? But for ourselves, we'll never, be comp- we'll never compromise. And there's no need to. There's no need to. If that's what... 
whatever is uh, essential to Torah. Whatever is essential to keeping the halacha, to keeping the Torah, then we're not meant to compromise on that. And you know what? And if we're not in the coalition, things also aren't going to happen against the Torah if Hashem doesn't want it to. It's going to be they halacha in the same way. Which is why that's always the answer. That's always the answer. And that is the, that's always where they come from. Whether it's the Ministry of Defense or the Ministry of Finance or whatever other ministry it is, they always come and say, let's compromise. Now, we don't want to close you down completely. Let's compromise. We'll, we'll halve the amount of people in your ship. We'll give you half. Give us the other half. Or let's compromise. Just do this as well on the side and we'll be happy with you. Whatever it's going to be. You have to, you know, you have to send everybody three hours a week to go help the country. They, they, they feel they're doing something productive. Sharut Lumi, whatever it's going to be called. Right? And the answer always is, we're not compromising. And that's exactly the point. We're not meant to compromise. We, if you understand that, 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 that the koyach we have is the Torah, so then it's exactly the wrong move to say, well, let's compromise Torah. We don't compromise Torah. Just right now, when this next government crashed after a year, after you know, having the Degla, they're going to be the ones to send all these Shabbat out to work. Now, we've already been to people who said they're going to send all these Shabbat to the army. They're going to do this or do that. Now, the new ones want to send them all out to work to support the economy. Okay, uh, they didn't manage too well, and after a year, the whole thing collapsed. So when they asked Rabbi Gershon, why was that? Why did this happen? So he said exactly. He said because the Neitzer were mischazik, so therefore we didn't need them anymore. The point was that now you're being threatened. You're going to be threatened that you're going to be forced to work. You're going to be threatened. You're going to be forced to to, to give up your Torah. We mischazik. We're not doing that. No, that's what Hashem wanted. We don't need them anymore. And that's always the side. The, it's, and it's not even a question of who's our supporter and who's our enemy they're all potential supporters they're all potential enemies we're talking about people and the Kodesh Baruch is going to use them the way he wants them and yes don't think that uh, if you're going to be more specific don't think that Debbie Netanyahu is the savior of Tal Yisrael he's not he's also made a government with exactly the same Lapid and Bennett exactly the same people he was just part of it last time this time he wasn't and that, that government also was an anti-terror government and they also wanted to uh, uh, bring the reform into Israel and cancel Shabbos and everything else and they, and guess what and he was also part of the ones who took away the money from the from he's no better than they are that, that was the, the Leib Malachim at the time of whatever it was 10-12 years ago and it also only lasted a year and fell apart because at the same time there we didn't give in on anything and when we moved the government collapsed and the same thing happened now and we don't have any natural ally in the government it's not that they're our friends it's that Hashem is doing things and it's not going to make a difference Forget about Haredi parties. We're talking about Dastar. Forget about Haredi parties. You have to see what the Gedolim say. Rav Shach never said we were with this person or that person. He said it before himself in the famous story. He said, we're with whoever supports Torah. We don't have political allies and political things. We have to protect the Torah. And whoever's going to work with us, we have to work with them. And that's the Yisait. That's the Yisait. The, the, our job, remember to have started with. Our job for the, the Chavitz Chaim already set up so long ago, and it's been a disaster, and it's a sort of the Chazan nation, all the Gedolim sent him. And that is, our job is to stand up to show that what's important to us, we're going to go and vote for whatever party it is. Are they going to be in power? Are they not going to be in power? But they shouldn't be, because we're a minority. And therefore, if you have 120 seats in the Knesset, and you have 6 or 7 seats, or even 10 or 12 seats, which are Shemir Torah Mitzvahs, that's too small, that's, that's, that's not a... A major, uh, uh, I mean, it might be a, a deal breaker, but it's not a, a major majority opinion in the Knesset anyway. Okay, so that's how you start us. We do what we do. But the side is whether it's we're in, we're out. That's not the point. And we see it more clearly in Israel. Because we're not talking about a government who's there to punish us. 
it's more there to mechazek us. And the chizuk always is that things we take for granted get challenged. And when they get challenged, then we have to show we're strong. We're not giving in. And when we show we're strong, we're not giving in. The government collapses. It's not because of us. It wasn't the Haredi party that brought down the government. That's looking at it politically. That's on the, on the Ruchni level. When we're strong, we don't give in the principles of Torah. We're not going to give in uh, Yadus. We're not going to give in uh, Geyur. We're not going to give in Kashrus. Okay. So that, was the point of the, that was the point of what Hashem made it for. And when we misguided, then we made it. And then the sign goes away.